0: it's time for the bchl podcast here's your host jesse adamson
1: hey there welcome to the bchl podcast i'm your host jesse adamson we're back again with another two interviews both of them from the college hockey ranks Uh, our our first guest is university of new hampshire forward and former langley riverman angus crookshank and we also catch up with University of North Dakota goaltender, and former Penticton V. Adam Scheel. As I mentioned, we will speak with Kirk Shank first. The North Vancouver native is coming off a pretty crazy weekend last weekend. Uh, He scored four goals and one assist in a 7-6 win over UMass Lowell. His third goal was the late goal that tied up the game and sent it to overtime. And his fourth was the OT winner. No surprise here, he was named Hockey East Player of the Week shank was kind enough to join us to talk about his big week his time in the bchl and his stint so far at the university of new hampshire angus you're coming off a four goal one assist performance uh in a seven six win over umass lowell uh you tied the game up late with your third won it in an overtime with your fourth what was that night like for you
0: um it's uh definitely not one i'm gonna forget for a long time it's uh it was kind of I don't know. It was just one of those uh, one of those games, I guess. Kind of re- bounced for going my way, I guess. I mean, uh, my my teammates set me up pretty good, especially on that uh, the overtime goal there. That was an unbelievable pass by uh, by my teammate there. But um, yeah, no, it was a uh, it was a pretty special night. Not not one I'm going to forget for a long time.
1: Yeah, to to get four goals in a game, uh, you obviously must be pretty locked in for that to happen. What was what was that feeling like? What was working so well for you?
0: I I I couldn't I can't really pinpoint it on one thing. I just kind of just kind of played the way like I, I want to play every every night, and I was just fortunate enough that uh, the puck was obviously bouncing my way, and the puck was going in for me. But um, I mean, I didn't think like it wasn't anything different in the way I played or um, or before the game how I prepared and that sort of stuff. I tried to stay pretty consistent with that
1: you mentioned your line mates um for for those that don't know who are your line mates and um what uh what kind of chemistry do you have with them
0: yeah so I'll, i play with jackson pearson i've played with him for the past uh couple of years here at unh he's uh one of the smartest hockey minds i've ever played with he's uh he knows where i'm gonna be without uh without luck and obviously uh it's <laughs> it's definitely nice to have a centerman like that. And I also play with, uh, Charlie Keller or Patrick Grasso who are, who's also, both of those guys are incredibly skilled players who are incredible hockey minds and they similar to Jackson. They they're able to put pucks,
1: uh, in the right spots for all, all three of us. And, uh, I mean, we, we click really well as a line together. So this is a BCHL podcast. So I want to take you back to your BCHL days. Uh, you played two years for the Langley Rivermen. Um, what was your time like there?
0: Loved it. I was, uh, so fortunate, to, uh, to have Bobby as my, uh, my head coach for two years. I mean, I can't say enough good things about the Riverman organization. I mean, they're first class, I mean, Bobby's one of the best guys in the NHL, sorry, in the BCHL and putting guys, uh, into division one. And, um, I mean, there's a reason why he's been a staple at, at Langley for, uh, for a long time uh, I mean I, I I owe a lot to him he really helped me uh, mature my games and prepared me well
1: for uh, college hockey yeah you you kind of answered my next next question I was going to ask you about uh, a Bobby and uh, Bobby Henderson has been the coach there for a long time um, obviously he he had a big big impact on you uh, during your time there but uh, do you still keep in contact with him do you still have a relationship with him
0: oh yeah no I, I keep in contact with Bobby obviously not as much as we probably both want to, but whenever I'm back in town, I'll shoot him a text. So whether I go to a riverman game and kind of go catch up with the coaching staff there, see some of the guys. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, Bobby and I are super, uh, we're really close when I played in Langley and we have stayed in contact post Langley.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned how, uh, him and, and the team and the coaching staff there prepared you for college. How did they do that? Like what types of things did they do that, um, that helped prepare you for your college career?
0: I mean, they, I mean, every player wants to be treated like a pro and they do a great job of that manually. I mean, they're, they expect a lot out of you, especially like Bobby, they expect expect a lot out of their players, but at the same time, they're, uh, they're the biggest advocates for their players and getting them to the next level. I mean, they, they expect a lot out of you, but, uh, at the end of the day, they're doing what's best for you. And, um, I mean, like I said, I can't thank Bobby and the whole organization enough for that.
1: (laughs) One of the highlights of, of that part of your career was actually outside of the BCHL. You played in the 2017 World Junior A Challenge for Canada West. Uh, what did it mean to you to, to get to represent your country like that?
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things you kind of dream about when uh, a kid growing up in Canada, being able to kind of don the maple leaf on your chest. But uh, no, it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, it was kind of cool. My dad was got to fly out and be there for the gold medal game. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to be able to make it out because of work, but, uh, for him to surprise me like that and to go out and win a gold medal with him in the crowd was, uh, one of those moments I won't forget
1: for the rest of my life. Yeah, you had a, a pretty great performance there as well. You had five points in five games. You, you were fourth in tournament scoring, second on the team. Um, it mess, m- must have meant uh, just a little bit more um, knowing that you were able to turn in a performance like that and be such a key contributor to the team.
0: Yeah, obviously, it's looking back on it, it's kind of cool. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like when we're kind of in that whole process of becoming a team that – Obviously, you become a team pretty quick at the, in those tryout situations. But the biggest thing was like uh, it's a we we not me mentality. So I mean, for all of us, we just we bought into the system, and it didn't matter who put the puck in the net and that sort of stuff. At the end of the day, we were, we focused on winning a gold medal, and obviously, that uh, that paid off for us in the long run
1: yeah that gold medal game uh at the world junior a challenge is broadcast on national tv on tsn um like you said you your team ends up winning gold you guys won pretty convincingly um over the usa what do you remember about that game
0: uh what do i remember honestly i just remember the this, this celebration with all all the teammates after i mean the, the game's kind of a, a blur i mean obviously i've watched it since and that sort of stuff but uh like, I don't know, he kind of, it was just one of those games where like the moment's like so big, you kind of just out, and you just go out and play. And I mean, it was an unbelievable experience uh, being able to celebrate. I, I grew up with a lot of uh, and played with a lot of those guys um, that were on that team. So being able to share that moment with some of those guys was pretty special.
1: Uh, so uh, in 2016, you committed to the University of New Hampshire. It was actually before you were even in the BCHL. But uh, what uh, what led to that decision? Why did you ultimately end up ch- choosing New Hampshire?
0: I mean, I think the biggest draw for me was um, you built like having the opportunity to show like ha- having the opportunity to play as a freshman. And uh, I mean, the coaching staff there they they have a They've created an unbelievable culture, and I mean, it doesn't matter what uh, whether you're a freshman or you're a senior. Like, they're going to play the best guys available for them, and they're going to put the right guys in the right situations. It's not a whole seniority thing like it is at some other schools. And I think I can pass along any sort of advice to whether it's players in the BCHL or players that are that are younger, like. If you're t- looking at schools, obviously some schools have these crazy like great facilities and all that sort of stuff. And it's all great and awesome. But at the end of the day, like you want to go to university and you, you want to be able to play. You don't want to go enjoy all the facilities and then sit up in the stands for two years and then play sort of thing. So, I mean, I think that was the biggest drop for me. And also the coaching staff there, I mean, they they've believed in me since day one. And I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to be a part of their team from the first moment I talked to coach Susan and coach Stewart.
1: So you wrapped up your BCHL career, 2017, 2018, uh, that fall you head to New Hampshire. What was the transition like for you from junior hockey to college hockey?
0: It's I mean, it's a pretty big
1: transition. Um, know, it kind of took me eight or
0: so games to really kind of settle in and figure out the pace and like, I mean, obviously as you get old, get more mature in the game and progress through the levels, like you can't get away with things that you could get away with in the previous level you were at. So, I mean, that's one of the big things that the coaching staff here at UNH helped me with is some of the stuff I could get away with in junior doesn't, you can't get away with in college and just kind of weeding thing, those things out of my game kind of over that eight game period really kind of paid dividends. And, um, I mean, I'm I'm very thankful for the coaching staff for teaching me that.
1: Um, that off season before your freshman year, you were drafted by the Ottawa Senators in the the 2018 NHL draft. Uh, what was that experience like? What do you remember about that day?
0: Uh, it's uh, that was a pretty special day. It was uh, it was kind of cool. Before the draft, I wasn't sure what was going to happen, so I just kind of didn't really pay much attention to it. To be honest, I just kind of went along went along with my day. Um, I was making eggs for my, I was making eggs in the kitchen for myself and my brother had flipped it on the TV and kind I'm of watching. And all of a sudden my phone buzzes and my agent, my, uh, sorry, my advisor texted me saying, uh, like, hey, you just got picked to Ottawa. And I was like, uh, wait, what? And then I turned around the corner. My brother just screamed and uh, I saw my name pop up and it was, it was cool to kind uh, of share that experience with, my uh, i mean obviously with my brother who's been one of my biggest supporters since day one but obviously my parents i mean i wouldn't be where i am today without the sacrifice that my parents have done for me and i could never thank them enough for that so
1: what happens after that like do you get a, a phone call from the team who calls you like what's the, what's the next step there after you you see your name on tv
0: yeah you kind of <laughs> they call you kind of 20 or so minutes later at least that was the case for me thankfully they did i was kind of freaking out for that first (laughs) 20 minutes or something believe it but uh i got a call from the um, head amateur scout just kind of explaining like hey we picked you and all that sort of stuff and when the dates are for uh, um, development camp and such but nothing uh nothing too crazy just like congratulations all that sort of stuff
1: and since then um that was uh, a few years ago now almost three years ago um what are your interactions like with the team like are they in constant contact with you do they kind of let you do your own thing what are you what's your relationship with them at this point
0: yeah no i mean they i talked to them a decent amount i got i talked to the player development guys more so i mean they, those are the guys that kind of keep tabs on all the prospects and kind of follows a lot follow along our uh, development i suppose but uh I mean, even talking to like the strength guys, they kind of provide some insights on like whether you're wanting to gain weight or lose weight, kind of some tips and tricks and that sort of stuff. But at the same time, they they kind of let you do your thing because obviously, at this stage, like you're want you still wanting to develop as a player, and if you have those kind of distractions like that, that can kind of hinder that. Um, so they they've done a really good job just kind of finding that balance um, with me, and I'm very thankful
1: for that. Just bringing it back to present. Day here as we wrap up uh, th- this year um, obviously it's a strange year with COVID-19 um, but for for Hockey East mo- most weeks you don't know who your opponent is going to be until just a few days before they they announce it usually mid-week um, how does that affect you and the team when you're practicing and trying to prepare for the weekend uh, not knowing who your opponent's going to be until just a few days before
0: yeah it's a little different for sure uh, kind of the first few times it happened everyone's kind of try to figure out their routines and such but uh the past couple of weeks have been a little easier um it's honestly kind of reminded everyone of uh, minor hockey a little bit and uh just kind of you don't really know who you're playing you just got to practice and then go out and play um but no it hasn't it hasn't affected all that much it's a little different but uh it's not like a major
1: thing to kind of deal with i guess uh, the team has a record of five ten and two at the moment. You guys have won two in a row um, after after winning two games last weekend. What are you hoping to see from the team uh, down the stretch here as the regular season wraps up?
0: I mean, all we've been focusing on is just making sure we're playing our best hockey come uh, come March and come the playoffs. Um, obviously, we haven't. Our record isn't indicative of how we've played this year, and I think anyone in that locker room would attest to that. But uh, I mean, as long as our, our messages as a team is to make sure we're playing our best hockey. And I think we took a big, big step uh, last weekend and hopefully we can, can continue it into this weekend.
1: Well, thank you so much, Angus. Uh, congrats on your four goals last weekend and your, your Hockey East Player of the Week honor and good luck the rest of the season. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Jesse. Big thanks to Angus Crukshank. Thank you for joining us, and another congratulations on your big week. Moving along, our next interview is with University of North Dakota goaltender Adam Scheel. Scheel has been one of the top goaltenders in college hockey since joining UND after leaving Penticton. This season, he's played in 17 games, has a 1.99 goals against, and a 921 save percentage with three shutouts and a record of 12-3-1. That performance has led to him being named to the Mike Richter Award Watch List, and that award is given to college hockey's top goaltender. His UND team are currently in a battle for top spot in the NCHC standings, only a point behind uh, Minnesota Duluth with one game in hand. We caught up with Shield last week to talk about his three years at UND, what his time with the Penticton V's has done for his hockey career, and much, much more. So Adam, uh, you're, you're well into your junior season this year at North Dakota. And so far you're putting up the best numbers of your college career. So just wondering, um, how confident are you in the crease right now?
2: Uh, I'm very confident. Uh, you know, I like where, where my game's at. Um, I think it's been a culmination of just, you know, continuing to learn and continue to grow, but, um, I don't think it stops here. Uh, I still think, you know there's quite a ways to go um
1: quite a ways to build and i'm just always looking for ways to get better yeah just lo- looking at your numbers this year you've you've let in two goals or less in 11 of your 17 appearances so far um you, like i mentioned before you your your numbers are the best they've been uh, is there anything in particular you worked on over the summer like what do you attribute to your improvement from year to year
2: um i think you know with this off season being a little different than, you know, most off seasons, the normal off seasons being it. That was a little bit longer. Um, I think I took advantage of it. I, you know, prided myself on getting stronger, uh, getting quicker. Uh, and on the ice, I really, you know, I had a big emphasis on my skating, um, you know, just trying to keep my feet more, um, stay more balanced, be more aggressive with my positioning. And I think it's all paid out pretty well. Um, like I said, you know, there's still, lots to go but i think it was a step in the right direction after the summer
1: and the news today obviously that, that hard work's paying off you were named uh, uh one of the players to watch for the mike richter award which is the the ncaa's top goaltender so i know it's a it's a long list of of players but uh for you to be considered in there and uh, and have a chance at that award what does that mean to you
2: yeah i mean it's a great honor um you know just to be considered for that award uh you look at all you know the past guys that have won it uh, it's a great honor, but, uh, like you said, it's a very long list. Um, you know, so I, don't, I try not to look into it too much. Um, so it's motivating, uh, it's motivating and humbling at the same time. Um, you know, you always want to be the best, uh, whatever you can be. Um, so, you know, I'm striving to be the best and, uh, you know, uh, be it as it may, um, regardless if I, you know,
1: win or don't win, uh, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, it's just about being the best I can be. So from a a team perspective, uh, you guys are off to a 13-4-1 start. Uh, Obviously, uh, a good start for you guys. What are your impressions of the rest of the roster at this point in the year?
2: Um, You know, we have a a great team, um, top to bottom. Um, I think we have the most depth of any team in the country. I think we have the best team of any team in the country. Um, You know, it's easy to look at our roster and, you know, point out high draft picks or guys like, you know, Jordan Calagucci, Uh, you know, Hobie Baker finalist last year. But I think it just comes with our depth, you know, every line, every, you know, defensive pair, every one of our goalies, we can all play. Um, And it doesn't matter who's out on the ice, uh, you know, at any given time. Uh, We're just confident that the guys that are out there are going to get the job done and, you know, they're going to give whatever they can for the team. Um, And that's the biggest thing. We all just buy
1: in for the team success and uh, everything else comes from there. Yeah, you mentioned Kawaguchi. That leads me into my next question. I actually spoke with him a few weeks ago uh, for for the podcast as well, and we we talked about the disappointment from last year after the the season was shut down, and how difficult it was for you guys, since obviously you had a really good team last year as well. So, um, in in your own words and from your perspective, what was it like for you not to be able to finish what you started last year?
2: Yeah, um, you know, it was really tough. It was almost heartbreaking. um, You know all you can really ask for um, is a shot, you know, to to be where we want to be at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, whole year we did everything, everything we had to, and everything right that would, you know, give us that shot at that national tu- national tournament. But, um, you know, we kind of had, as of the rest of the country, kind of everyone kind of had the floor pulled out from one room. Um, so it's everything that, you know, you work for and you strive for the past nine months, um, just comes to a abrupt end, you know, it's tough, but, um, it's motivating for this year. I know this off season, um, you know, it leaves a sour taste in everyone's mouth thinking about what could have been. So we just kind of want to leave no doubt, uh, with this season, um, you know, we're playing to finish what we started, you know, 18 months ago or however long it was, um, so, you know, we're just excited to be back. Um, it's getting to be exciting time. It's getting to be around playoffs. Um, you know, you can't really ask for much more.
1: Yeah, I think I think that sour taste that you talked about and that feeling of disappointment for for some of the guys, um, like like Jordan Kawaguchi, who um could have most likely turned pro after his junior year and him and and some other players uh decided they would come back uh and play their their final year at UND. So um what is it? say about those guys and and the program there that they chose to come back rather than than turn pro early uh even though they they i'm sure had some some options there
2: yeah i mean i think it shows a great deal of you know the type of guys that we have in our locker room um and the type of program that north dakota is i mean uh you know it's an opportunity of a lifetime to come and play here um you know a lot of people would give a lot to be in in the locker room with us. Um, so, you know, none of us take it for granted. Um, we all love playing here. Uh, we want to give as much as we can to this program and this place that has given so much to us. You know, we can never repay what university and what the team has given to us. So, you know, I think a lot of guys just take pride um, in being a part of the North Dakota culture and it uh, just shows when, uh, you know, guys decided to come back for their senior year
1: and, you know, complete their four years, get their degree, and uh, set themselves up for the rest of their life. Yeah, UND is a team we follow pretty closely here in the BCHL. Uh, there always seems to be a lot of alumni from our league that are on the roster. Uh, this year's no different. You guys have eight former BCHL players on the team. Um, do you find yourself talking to guys like, like Jasper Weatherby, Harrison Blaisdell, Brendan Booty, who played uh, in the BCHL? Do you, do you guys ever talk about the times you guys faced off against each other in the league?
2: <laughs> yeah, sadly, I do. Um, <laughs> Jasper seems to never shut up about scoring on me when he was in Wenatchee. So, yes, I do. I do hear about it. And, you know, Booze always talks about, you know, how I never beat him. Langley was the one team that we never beat my year in Penn. Um, So, yeah, I do hear it a bit. And, you know, I, I give it out, too. I give it to Blazer and, and those guys. But, you know, it's fun to always look back and think about how, you know, at one point these guys were you know, across we're wearing a different Jersey and now there's some of my best friends. So it's fun to reminisce about those times
1: yeah i wouldn't feel too bad about it jasper weatherby led the league in scoring that year so he beat a lot of goalies <laughs> yeah he did no, yeah. no no doubt yeah um so before uh, your your time in the vchl you were a part of the u.s national development team for a couple of years uh before coming out west uh, that program has really grown a lot in recent years and always seems to produce a ton of high quality nhl talent so uh what was your time like there
2: um, you know, my time was a little different than a lot of the guys there. Um, you know, I really struggled those two years there. Um, so it wasn't easy, but, you know, it taught me a lot about myself, about a lot about resiliency and a lot about, you know, what it's like to, you know, really work hard, have a good work ethic, and, uh, you know, come to the rink every day trying to get better. Um, so, you know, that was that was great for me. Um, you know, it was really good, you know, having that experience playing with those type of players and then you know uh, growing my game continuing to grow my game for that third year in Penticton Um, so I think without you know going to the program I don't think I'm the player I am today and definitely you know without going to Penticton I'm definitely not the player I am today
1: yeah after after your two-year stint there and the year before you went to college you did come to play in Penticton for the 2017-18 season Um, what what led to that decision to come play there for a year before heading to college
2: yeah. I mean, you kind of look, um, a lot went into it. Um, you know, there's always the decision to go, you know, between the USHL and then that's, you know, the more traditional route for American players. Um, but then my goalie coach back home, you know, brought up the prospect of going to the BCHL, and he brought up Penticton and, uh, you know, he showed me, you know, the long list of players that have come out of there, um, the, the success that they've had with, you know, moving goaltenders along and, how well goaltenders have done, you know, under Fred. Um, and you know, it kind of just made it a no brainer. And then, you know, even just the lifestyle aspects, moving to BC an exciting new place. Um, and, you know, I couldn't have been happier with my decision to go to Penticton. I mean, it worked out well. I mean, I made some great friendships there. I, you know, we were a great team. Uh, I got to play for Fred, you know, he's a great coach. Um, and just an amazing city. So, if I had to go back and do it
1: all, do it all over, I'd do the same thing. Yeah, I'm hoping you can expand on on the part of that answer there. Uh, you're you're part of a long line of goalies that have come through Penticton in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years or so that have gone on to, to have great college careers. And you look around uh, the NCAA right now, and you see guys like yourself, Jack Lafontaine, Zach Driscoll, just to name a few. Um, why do you think they're able to to produce and move on such top end goaltending that's uh, clearly ready for the next level?
2: Yeah, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, just the the team game that you play in Penticton. Tickton. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of great players in the BCHL every year. Um, you know, Fred and the V's, you know, they really pride themselves on playing a structured game, you know, a hard defensive game. And, uh, you know, they rely a lot on their, their goaltending. Um, I think Fred, you know, he gives out a great deal of confidence in his goalies, and I think it. You know, it helps anybody. You know, knowing that you have that vote of confidence from your head coach, um, that he's going to ride with you. You know, it's it helps anybody. Um, so it it's always good. And you know, I'm there's no surprise with the, you know long list of goaltenders that they have that they move on, especially after playing there. You know, you understand.
1: Uh, you, yeah, after that year in Penticton, you were able to, to step in your freshman year at, at North Dakota and you played quite a bit, which is often rare for a freshman goalie. And, um, w- with that extra work, you, you had success as well. So, uh, what do you remember about coming in for your freshman season? Like what, what were those first few weeks, uh, at the program like for you?
2: Yeah. You know, I kind of took a little bit of an adjustment period, but, um, every year we come in, uh, we do six weeks of summer school in, uh in the summer, you know, we're together, we're skating, we're training. Um, so that's a really good adjustment period. Um, especially, you know, coming into college, you know, having to take courses again after a year off. Um, so it was really good just getting, you know, kind of dipping my toe in the water in that six weeks, you know, kind of getting acclimated to going back to school, you know, to get back into a schedule uh, such a rigorous schedule um, like in college. Um, Getting to know the guys, um, you know, getting up to speed, you know, it's a, uh, it's a hard transition coming from juniors to college. And I think that six weeks, six weeks of skates um, did a great deal for me. Uh, I got used to the speed, used to the pace of play. And, uh, you know, I just thought I kind of fit right in.
1: Bringing it back to, to present day here. Um, you guys have a bit of a break in the schedule right now. You uh, you, you played this past weekend, but you don't play again until February 12th, which is almost a, a two-week gap between games. So uh, what's the plan for you and the team during that downtime? How do you guys go about yourselves and try and stay sharp uh, while also getting some rest?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think it's really important for us to you know recuperate and get our bodies back to 100%. Uh, you know, coming into February in a season, um, you know, everyone's healthy on the lineup card, but you know, everyone's fighting their, fighting their battles. They're banged up, bruised up. So it's really nice to have this time to get, you know, spend a little more time in the weight room, stretching in the pulley's office, getting some work done, um, you know, kind of getting back, uh, getting back to neutral and then, but you know, the, we're still practicing, we're practicing, practicing hard. Um, it doesn't matter you know especially this year with you know the oddity of the year you know you never really know when you're playing if you're not playing uh what's gonna be thrown your way so it's really just about um a day-to-day attitude uh you know just bringing your best every single day bringing your lunch pail uh
1: your hard hat to the rink and uh just going to work and getting better every day Looking ahead, you have uh, two games against Denver coming up, and then close the year with four straight against uh, a good Oklahoma or sorry Omaha team. Um, what are you looking for from your team down the stretch here as you wrap up the regular season schedule?
2: Uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to get back into it. Um, you know, Denver and Omaha are both two very good teams, um, so I think it'll be a good test for our team. You know, um, at the end of the year, if you want to, you want to get where you're going, you don't beat you know, mediocre teams, you know, you got to beat the best of the best. And, uh, you know, that's the beauty of playing in the NTHC. You're always playing against such great competition. Um, you know, it gets, gets you ready for what's to come at the end of the year. Um, so I'm just looking forward to it. You know, we, uh, every year, some of our goals are to win first win home ice in the playoffs. And then, you know, hopefully win a Penrose cup, a league championship, and then ultimately a national championship. So we're just looking to check some more boxes um, and that, you know, that just goes one game at a time, one day at a time, um,
1: you know, starting tomorrow and then leading up to uh, the Denver series. Yeah. I just want to finish up on that, that last box that you mentioned that you want to check uh, given how last year ended, how difficult this season's been because of COVID, how special would it be to cap it off with a, a national championship?
2: You know, I think that would, you know, it would just be <clears throat> unbelievable. I mean, you get you get a little, excited thinking about a little deuce bumps and, you know, just for, you know, the city of Grand Forks, um, you know, how much our fans, this community buys into it um, for our coaching staff, how hard they work for our seniors, all the, you know, blood, sweat and tears that they put into this program. um, You know, that would mean the world if we could get it done for those guys, especially, you know, uh, everyone, you know, it's a group effort. um, And I think that's just what, makes North Dakota special um, you know, doing it for the person next to you. And I think everyone in, in the locker room has that attitude. So, you know, we're just excited for, you know, the chance to compete and the chance to hopefully raise that banner.
1: Well, Adam, thank you so much for the time and, uh, best of luck to you the rest of the way. Yeah. Thank you. That'll do it for this week's edition of the BCHL podcast. Thank you so much to my two guests, Angus Crookshank from the University of New Hampshire and Adam Scheel from the University of North Dakota. A quick plug before we get out of here. If you're looking for something to read, uh, we have an alumni profile on former Chilliwack chief and North Dakota forward Jordan Kawaguchi up now at bchl.ca. It's a good read. We speak with Jordan about his family, hockey. Uh, It covers a, a wide variety of subjects. We speak with his coach at North Dakota. We speak with Uh, members of the chiefs organization from his time there so uh, please do check that out thanks again to our guests thanks as always to producer greg ballack and we will talk to you guys in a week